1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's a wonderful privilege to be a member of the body of Christ and to be able to reach out our hand to minister in His name. We are ministering as if it was Jesus Himself ministering to other people. Sadly, many who once stretched forth their hand to minister in His name no longer do so. The reason is that like the man in the passage in Mark chapter 3, there has been a withering of their hand. Now, there are various reasons for that, but the reality is that people who once reached out in the name of Jesus no longer do so. Now, Jesus said to that man in the synagogue, stretch forth your hand. And Jesus would say to those today who no longer reach out their hand because they've been hurt or for some other reason, he would say to them today, stretch out your hand once again. This is Set Free with Ken Leg.
0: This week we're looking at the subject of stretching out our hand. We're really focusing upon those who once were active members of Christ's body in terms of being available to Him to reach out to others in different ways like sharing the gospel, serving, ministering to others and so on. For some reason they can't do that any longer or they choose not to like the man in the gospel, their hand has become withered. Isn't that the case, Ken?
1: Yes, it is. Now, yesterday we looked at one particular reason why that might be so, and uh, that was failure. Uh, Some people, you know, failed. They felt disqualified, so they're no longer reaching out. Today we're going to look at another reason why people don't reach out their hand to Mm -hmm. others, and that's hurt. Now, there's a difference here. Failure is what I do, but hurt is what others do to me. Now, Let's go back to this passage in Mark chapter 3, the man with the withered hand. Mm -hmm. When the Bible says that his hand was withered, it actually suggests that once it was whole because now it's become withered. So the problem wasn't congenital. Um, Now, if you go back into the writings of the time, there's actually a tradition based on historical writings that tell us that this man was once a stonemason. Now, if that's the case, then probably in the process of his efforts to help others, his hand was crushed. I think there's an analogy there. Just like this man, you know, in the church today, uh, people are reaching out to others, but in that very act of reaching out, they get hurt, and their hand becomes with it. Now, I've been in the pastoral ministry for uh, about 38 years now, Phil. Probably seen a little bit of this, have you? I've seen a little bit of this and experienced a little bit of it. Okay. I've been lying to say, you know, I've never been hurt in those 38 years. Of course yeah. I've been hurt. And some of the things that hurt the most is when you do actually get hurt by the very ones you're trying to reach out to. You know, I mean, I, I know there have been times when I've gone in to fight for other people's marriages or I've stood by them when nobody else would only to have those same people turn around and stab me in the back. Now, that hurts. Of course it hurts. And uh, the the question is, though, what is it going to do with this? Mm. Is it going to result in me no longer reaching out my hand? See, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18 and verse 14, we read these words, The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but a broken spirit who can bear. And, uh, that's what happens with some people. They get so hurt, they get so devastated by the way that others treat them, and especially the ones that they've been trying to reach out to, that they no longer stretch out their hand once again. Now, when you look at that passage that we're, we're, you know, considering this week, the man with the withered hand, I was pondering over that passage, Phil, and, and it suddenly dawned on me there's, there's more focus upon those that were present than the man himself, because There were some people there who didn't have a sick hand, but a sick heart. Um, They would not let Jesus minister to them, but neither did they want Him to minister to others. Mm, You know, it's the Sabbath day. You know, no healing on the Sabbath. (laughs) They just wanted to block His ministry. Now, that's really hurt. When when somebody's at that stage, they're really hurt, and they're stopping the flow of the life of Jesus. It's pretty sad to think that hurt or, you know, crushing
0: the human spirit, sometimes it comes and, dare I say, often comes from the very people that you're actually trying to help. It's
1: hard to deal with, isn't it? It is. It's a bit weird, isn't it, when you think about it? But uh, it's a reality of life and uh, I think it's important, though, that, you know, if somebody has been hurt like that, that they do get healed before they begin to minister again Mm. for this reason, that um, we always minister that which is within us, you know, so uh, Jesus said, for example a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good things but an evil man will bring forth evil things so if we've been festering things there storing things there that have been festering I should say uh, that's what's going to come out as we try to minister to people you know it goes back to that old saying again Phil you know hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people so so what what you know how do you differentiate between uh, a hurt person and a healed person how, how do you recognize them? I would say this, that a healed person responds to life, whereas a hurt person reacts to life. And there's a big difference there, isn't it? There? There's a big difference. Um, but it shapes the way that then we will venture out and minister to others because if I've been hurt and it's not been dealt with, then I'm going to be feel vulnerable. I'm, I'm going to have fear in my heart. And fear says, what's this person going to do to me? But if I've been healed, then I'm filled with love. And and my question is not what's this person going to do to me, but what can I do for this person? Mm. How can I help them? How can I be a blessing to them? Now, of course, look, there's no guarantee that people won't get hurt in ministry. I think to love makes ourselves vulnerable. You know, if you don't want to ever get hurt again, stay at home, lock the door, take the phone off the hook, and uh, you probably won't get hurt again. (laughs) You know, but. uh, that's you know that's one of the one of the risks in loving. We in our church we have an ideal, and I and I underline that word ideal, which is that our church is uh, a city of refuge, is a place where people can come, a safe place, if you like, a safe zone, a, a house of grace. Mm. But of course, I'd be kidding myself if I if I was to believe that no one's ever going to get hurt in our church because this is human life on a fallen planet. Um, so our ideal is that people won't get hurt, but the reality is that people do
0: get hurt. And it gets down to what you said just then, the difference between how you respond or how you react to that situation when it happens. And really, we need to respond to it rather than react to it when those things happen. Let's just go back into the Word again. A couple more uh,
1: examples. You got another one there? Yeah. Um, you know, we we are looking uh, at each one of these categories, if you like. Like we looked at yesterday at failure, saw that Peter failed and his hand was withered. Mm. But Jesus reached out to him and, and restored him. And, and once again, Peter was out there reaching out his hand again. Now, I want us to look at Joseph uh, as someone that was hurt. You know, I've heard preachers say, oh, Joseph didn't get hurt. He kept a sweet spirit come on, we don't actually read much about what he was thinking or feeling, but are you going to tell me that after his brothers sold him as a slave and he was getting dragged off to Egypt? And remember, some of those brothers would have killed him if they had their chance, if they had their way. That's right. You're going to tell me that he wasn't hurting? I'm sure he wasn't thinking all flowery thoughts about them. He would have to deal with that. Of course he did. And, of course, he was thinking, I'm never going to see my dad again, you know? Um, I'm never gonna be I'm gonna be a slave now for the rest of my life. And then, you know, when he was down there he was falsely accused, ended up in prison. Promises were made to him in prison that were not kept, and on and on he was getting hurt and hurt and hurt. Now, how was he coping with that? I think one of the little glimpses we have actually comes from the Psalms, not the book of Genesis, but from the Psalms. It says that while he was in prison, iron entered his soul. What a great description. Iron entered his soul. We say, Well, how did that happen? And again, I I think as we look at Joseph and we see uh, him getting reconciled at the end of the story, the end of the book of Genesis with his brothers, this is what he said. He said, look, you guys, don't worry about it. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In other words, somewhere down the line, he was getting God's perspective. He was saying, look, ultimately, my life is in the hand of God. God isn't doing this to me, but he's allowed it to happen. And, and he's going to work all things together for good. And so, okay, you guys, you made it for evil, but look what's come out of this. I've got a worldwide ministry now. <laughs> because he did. I mean, he was ministering salvation to the world. You know, Egypt was the bread basket because of the wisdom that God gave to Joseph during those times of uh, plenty and, and harvest. He was able to store up all that grain for the world to come and uh, be ministered to and kept alive. So he had a worldwide
0: ministry. And had those other events not happen, it's very likely that Joseph wouldn't have been in that
1: position, would he? No way would he have been in that position. And uh, that's what I think set him free is, look, okay, well, this is what you've done to me and, and you're responsible for that still. But I'm not a hurt person because I'm seeing that ultimately my life is in the hands of God and God has made all things work together for good.
0: We're being encouraged to stretch out our hand this week and we'll have more for you tomorrow as we continue this discussion. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.